If you would, take your Bibles and turn to John 10. We'll begin reading in verse 7. Going to preach on the subject of the Good Shepherd this morning. Of course, we know that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one we look to for our hope, our salvation, and every need that we have met. In John chapter 10, begin reading in verse 7. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill, and I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship, the opportunity to hear songs sing and to praise God. Lord, as we look into your word, I pray you'd feed us with the, the bread of life. And Lord, I pray you'd move in our midst, saving souls, touching hearts, drawing your children back to you. Lord, be a good shepherd to us this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As we come to this passage, we know that Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. Pastors are the under-shepherd. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. He did not have a problem identifying himself as a shepherd. That was a lowly task, even though it is the world's oldest occupation. It is looked down upon by many. I remember in the book of Genesis when Joseph brought his family down into Egypt. He asked Pharaoh, how about me and my family? We live in Goshen because we are an offense to the Egyptians. And still today, there are people who look down on shepherds. And even the shepherds themselves would like to be called ranchers or managers. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. I can just see Jesus coming as he was coming to herd his sheep or to lead his sheep. And the sheep would begin to blade and run to him and say to him through their spirits, we are here, Lord. We are here for you to guide us and direct us and lead us in the way that we need to go. The good shepherd is a protector of his sheep. We know that sheep follow the Lord because they are his. And as we think about that, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep, there in verse 7. And so we think about what that means literally. In those days, there was a, a holding place out in the pastures. And the sheep were placed in that at night. And the door would become the shepherd. He would lay down in the opening. And as Jesus said, I am the door. We know that he protected his sheep and nothing got to them unless Jesus allowed it to happen. So nothing has happened in your life by mistake. God never said, oops, I messed up on that one. Whatever you are facing today, ever how you are encountering your life and the circumstances you are facing, God is in control. God is watching over his sheep. 
He is the good shepherd. He has not made a mistake. And if you're going through a trial or some sort of uh, thing that you do not like in your life right now, God is teaching you something that he could only teach you through these circumstances. And so the good shepherd, as we look under point one, the three things that I have listed there, I believe Jeff has them there. The good shepherd provides protection. Protection from the wolves. Protection from those things that would harm them. The wolves today want to get to the flock. Jesus protects us from the wolves. We know that the wolf wants to scatter and he wants to kill and he wants to snatch people and individuals out of the flock. Jesus protects us from that. We do not know how many times he protects us during the course of a day. But I'm sure each one that's a a sheep of the flock of God could stand this morning and say, Jesus has protected me. He has watched over me. He has taken care of me. And he continually does that. Boy, I need protecting, don't you? I know the other night I got up and uh, I was in the middle of the night and I was trying not to wake my wife up and I had two toes going each side of a door. You ever had that to happen? And I guess he protected me from hollering out in the middle of the night and waking everybody up because it sure did hurt. And I did not say, thank you, Lord. I don't think I said anything, but I did wake Hope up in the course of the event. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, never mind, going back to sleep. You know, we need protecting. We just do not react correctly when we have things come into our lives. The good shepherd protects us from the wolf. He keeps us in the flock. Now, I read an article about sheep. Now, I don't want to give credit to the people more than I give credit to Jesus. But sheep instinctively flock together. And so, some of the flock is missing. Some of the flock are not here. They have not followed the instinct of the Lord Jesus Christ as we gather together. Maybe they heard that Pastor Robbie was gone and didn't want, didn't want to listen to the fill-in. Whatever the case may be, sheep instinctively flock together. I think about the opportunities we have to get together and, and have life group. We get together and have baptism. There's one coming up in the near future. And we get together and we eat. We get together and we have fellowships. You know, the, the sheep instinctively flock together. You need to be in the flock. The shepherd provides security. Not only do sheep receive security in numbers, but they receive security from the shepherd. He's the over-shepherd. He's the under-shepherd. He's the one that watches over them. As I continue to read that article about sheep, I understand that sometimes they have a shepherd dog that will help them. And they will move thousands of sheep from one pasture to another. They will have protection by the dog. They will have protection by the shepherd. And then if somebody else moves in to help, 
I want to just say a kudos to you this morning. If you teach a life group or if you work in the nursery or maybe you welcome people in the parking lot, we thank you and we thank God that God has given you a position to serve and help with the flock. And I know Pastor Robbie would say to you also this morning, we thank you as you help watch over the flock. It is a tremendous responsibility. And some of you do things that I could not do. I know when my grandbabies came to me earlier, they're all about potty trained now, and they would say, Poppy, I need my diaper changed. I'd say, Nanny, somewhere, go look for her. You know, I couldn't do that kind of thing. Or maybe I could, and maybe I have, but that's not something that's in my talent mix. Neither is it vacuuming the floor. That makes my heart hurt. You know I have heart disease when it comes to things like that. And I, and I have to move to my, my talents. And I always tell Hope when she says, you know, do something and I don't want to do it. Hey, I got to go study. You study all the time. You ought to know that Bible backwards and forwards by now. I need you to help me. Lord, I guess that's her gift. But thank God as we... Think about how we interact and how we relate to one another. It is a tremendous blessing to see the flock of God grazing upon the Word of God and the man of God expounding on, the, on what God has put in his heart and placed it before you today. I want to say to you that Jesus loves us. He's the good shepherd, and he wants to move in our hearts and our lives, in our church and in our country, and he wants to save souls, and he wants to turn the people back to him. He is the good shepherd. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to come to Him today as the Good Shepherd and let Him meet your needs. Let Him protect you. Let Him provide for you. And then, last of all, you're going to need your Bibles for this one. The Good Shepherd provides divine capability. Now, I want you to turn to Jude Verse 24, there is but one chapter in the book of Jude. And along towards the last of the book, what well it is the last of the book, we've seen the divine capability of the good shepherd. Now I'll read it to you, but I love to hear those pages flip. And you'll want to mark it in your Bible. Grandma's not going to rise up from the grave and spank you if you mark in your Bible. God's not going to be mad at you either. I like to say, the preacher's going to take your Bible and preach your funeral out of it. If you decide to call on me, you better have marks in it because I won't know what to say if you don't mark it. But as we look in this verse, it says in Jude, verse 24, Now to him which is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, power and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. That's a good Baptist verse right there. Amen, right? Boy, amen, right? Okay. 
And so we look to be presented before the throne of glory one day by the good shepherd, and the Bible gives us all these characteristics that Jesus has as the good shepherd, and then in the end it says that that is going to happen, and he's going to provide it. In other words, you can't work your way to heaven. You can't be good enough to go there. You can't be baptized enough times to become a Christian. Somebody said, said to me one time, said, you know, you can go down here and get baptized until you turn into a tadpole, but you will not turn into a Christian. The only way you become a Christian is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Shepherd, as, as Lord and Savior, as the Good Shepherd. And when you do that, He will present you before the throne of glory and God's people say, Amen. We're not going to get there by our own goodness. We're not going to get there by our works. You might say, well, I was, I was baptized or I joined the church or I, I read my Bible. Those are good things. But have you asked Jesus Christ to save your soul? Do you know that you know that you know that the good shepherd has you in the flock and one day he's going to take you to that flock in heaven? I didn't mean to share this, but maybe it's a blessing for somebody. As I was pastor and had churches and that kind of thing and came here and Pastor Robbie began to call me pastor, you know, it was, a, it was amazing to me and I... I he said one time, I remember what he said, he said, Pastor Terry is no less a pastor than he's ever been. That was a blessing because I had moved from being a full-time pastor to coming to church and helping where I could. And, you know, I have this pastor's heart inside of me. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to a hospital and there would be somebody on death's bed. And God used me so many times. The family would be there and they would be tired. And they would say, you know, it's time for our loved one to go on. Would you pray, God be merciful? And I would, I would pray. Many times I would get a call that day and they would say, our loved one has passed over. David said, he prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It is a blessing to see God's people and to be a part of the family of God, to have the good shepherd give you special things to do, and then to think about what a peaceful event is going to be in heaven. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death, just God's people as the flock feasting around the throne of glory and praising and worshiping God. The good shepherd is a positional shepherd. He is a positional shepherd. And as he is a positional shepherd, we look back at the Word of God there in verse 8. 
All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. We see the importance of listening to God. The Bible says in verse 3 there that he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. As we think about God positioning his people, not only to receive the things that they need to grow spiritually and physically, not only to mature in the Lord and to use their talents and abilities, but to, but to be positioned to listen to the Word of God. For Jesus to call your name, for Jesus to say, hey, I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you. I want to position you on a daily basis, not just when you get to church, but on a daily basis to, to hear my voice. And I want to call you by name to come aside from your worries and your cares and your everyday responsibilities. And I want you to be positioned to listen to me. The religious sect of that day, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the, Sadducees, the Pharisees, the lawyers, the different groups that had gathered in sects and laid down their belief in what it took to get to God, they had divided themselves from the people. So there was really no hope for the people. Now let me talk to you for a minute, just as an evangelist, doing the work of evangelism. There's a great gulf between the people of God and the people that are not in the flock. Would you agree with that? How many of you have invited people to come to church and they didn't come? That would be all of us, right? And they had some sort of excuse. And usually it makes no sense. But we cannot let that stop us from causing that void to move away. We've got to get to a place where we help people understand Jesus wants to be their shepherd too. In other words, you've got to put off your religious face sometimes and go where the lost man is at and meet him or her at their point of need. And what you say, well, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a shepherd. Oh, yes, you are. Because Jesus has done something in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says that God is the God of all mercy. And he wants to extend mercy to the, to the rest of the people he has created. He wants to bring them into the flock. He wants to position them to hear the word of God. And so the shepherd has positioned you here today to learn some things about what it means to be in this position, and I believe we have three more points here. And so we look, first of all, a person that does not hear the voice of Jesus is not saved. Now that's a pretty outright statement. A person that is not positioned themselves continually to hear the voice of God is not saved or they're not acting like they're saved. Because Jesus is calling you by name to come aside. You say, well, I just haven't had time to do this, or I just haven't been in a position to do this. I was 
preaching a sermon a while back, you know, I get many opportunities, and that's a blessing from the Lord, too. I'm not just on a riverbank when you see me gone, okay? I'm preaching in other churches, and Pastor Robbie, again, has accepted that, and he, he, uh, he even recommends me to other churches, and I'll be gone the next two weeks, and I'll be preaching at a church that needs somebody to fill in for the fill-in, and that's pretty that's pretty down the ladder right there, you know. You're filling for the filling. And so I'm going to be gone a couple of weeks, and I'm gone from time to time. But I was preaching at this, at this church, and there was this 80-year-old lady. And she came forward during the invitation. She said she had joined the church. She had been baptized. And she read her Bible on a daily basis. But she never felt right about her relationship with God. That lady bowed down on her knees and asked Jesus Christ to save her, and I baptized her. You know, if you've been thinking there's something wrong with your relationship with God, could it be that you've never humbled yourself to a place where you said, Lord, I'm just a lost sheep. I ask you to forgive me of my lostness. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. It was by my pride that I strayed away from the flock. It was by my pride that I, that I have not come to you already. And I ask you to save me, Lord. Take me into the flock this day. I'm tired of feeling this way. I saw this lady a while back. Smiles from ear to ear. They have a pastor now. They didn't have one then. But she can stand and say, I know that I know that I know that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Friend, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I challenge you to come at the invitation time or ask God right now to save your soul because Jesus wants to position you to receive blessings. He wants to change your life. If any man be in Christ Jesus, behold, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are made new in Christ Jesus. There's nothing like being a sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will bless you. He will provide for you. So, a person that does not hear the voice of Jesus is not saved. People that do not position themselves to hear Jesus are probably not saved because they're not hearing the voice of God. The most important thing to a sheep is to hear the good shepherd's voice. To hear the good shepherd's voice. I'm glad you're here this morning. I pray the Lord is speaking to you. I pray He's drawing you nearer to Him. No doubt He's convicting you of sin that's his voice if you've never been saved he's convicting you of the need to come to him the good shepherd is a planner for sheep he doesn't have an iphone he don't need one he doesn't have a calendar he knows you individually he seeks you out from among the flock he wants to meet your needs today. He calls you by name. He's your shepherd. He's your provider. He's your protector. And he's a planner for your life. Some of you young people, 
You might stand and say, I want to be a policeman. I want to be in the army. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. What does God want you to be? What has God placed upon your heart to do for Him? That's all you'll ever be happy doing. That's all you'll ever be happy doing. So you need to go before God and ask God, what is your plan for my life? I tell you, we've been keeping Ben and Joni's children this week, and, and it's been a blessing, but I know why young people have children and old people don't. I don't know about Abraham and Sarah. I don't know how they raised children at 100 years old. It had to be divine for them to do that. But at night, they get to crying about, you know, I want my mama and I want my daddy. So last night I was thinking about this sermon that I'm going to preach. You know, we raise our lambs, our kids, for the master. We don't raise them so people will look at them and we have little pictures and we can say, oh, aren't they cute? Mine's cuter than yours and things like that. Mine's going to be a ball player or mine's going to be a, a whatever. We rear our children to give to the master. And we have dedication ceremonies. And we, we pray over them. And Lord, when they don't come home at night, you know, and we worry about them driving on a wet road or an icy road or maybe they're working a job and we're concerned about them and how they're going to conduct themselves as, as citizens of this country and adults. The Lord convicted me. He said, you know, you raised Ben to do what he's doing. You need to quit whining. Sometimes a shepherd talks straight. You know, these children are missing their mom and daddy, and you can help them, and you can pray for them. You see, the rubber hits the road sometimes. Praise God for that. That helps us grow and become the sheep that God has called us to be. That helps us reach across that great divide to the world that does not know Jesus. You see, this place is not our home. One day, we're going to be in heaven with Jesus, the good shepherd, and all other things will pass away. Jesus said in verse 10, the good shepherd is a planter. I have come that they might have life and they might have it in abundance. Verse 10, I have come that they might have life and they might have it in abundance. That means that you're going to have a, an abundant life. Let me ask you another thing. Are you happy today? Maybe that's not the right question. Do you have joy in your heart? Do you have joy about being a sheep? Do you have the joy of the Lord in your heart? Do you go around with a snarl on your face like somebody licked all the red off your candy? Or do you greet people with a smile on your face and, and you say, you know, I know Jesus. I love Jesus. Do you have that inner joy? You say, well, I'm, I'm facing this circumstance. Your joy does not go away when you face a circumstance. 
It even gets better. <laughs> I remember when I went to work, my first public job, and for some reason I'm talking to people who have graduated today and younger folks. But I remember when I went to my first public job, and, and I'd, I'd worked other places, but I never changed jobs from being a kid to an adult. And so I got my first job at Reliance, really, even though I worked at Winn-Dixie that does not exist around here anymore. But, but I, I went to Reliance, and, and there was uh, some state winders, and that's what I did for 22 years. I wound motors, and there were ladies on one end, and there were men on the other end. And we wound the bigger motors, and they wound the smaller motors. And so the ladies would come up to me, and they would be about my age. They were not older ladies, and I'd say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And then I, I, I kept wondering, you know, why are all these women coming up talking to me and asking me questions? And they had gone back to each other, and they said, that little old boy down there, he's scared to death. Go down there and ask him something. See what he says to you. And so they'd come and they'd ask me a question and I'd say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And they'd just laugh at me. And I thought, that was so silly, you know. We, we would name people when they came to work in the plant. We had one boy we named Thank You. We had another one we named Rabbit. We had one named Dog. They never chased each other. I don't know what they named me, but boy, at a plant, it's not that easy to fit in sometimes. Am I right? Those of you who worked in a plant? Am I right? Anybody here have worked in a plant? Okay. It's not that easy sometimes to fit into society and get out from under the, the normal events of the day. But Jesus plans those events to let you grow up in the Lord, to help you understand how to become a, a citizen of this country. Boy, we really need that in our country today. People that just want to get their act together and work and earn a living and raise their families. We really need that, don't we? We really need to come together as a nation and we need to come together in our church and say, hey, I love you and this is what's good for you. This is what helps you. I love meeting with our men on Wednesday night when we get started back because in those men's meetings, sometimes we'll say things that you might not hear outside of those meetings, but it's one man talking to another man about the things that he faces on an everyday basis. You've got to have that kind of thing. You've got to have that plan in your life. You've got to have a, a position that you have put yourself in to grow in the Lord and to overcome the obstacles in your life. Let's say you're going on vacation. How many of you have been on vacation already? All right, if you're going to plan a vacation, you call ahead and you book the vacation. And you try to find the appropriate room. You try to find some place you can't afford and that enters into it, you begin to look at the different options that you have for a vacation and make a plan. You get somebody to feed the dog, in my case. 
You get somebody to cut the grass, maybe, if you're going to be gone a good while. You get things taken care of around the house. You lock the door. You make a complete plan. You see, God has a complete plan for you as a Christian. God has a complete plan for your life. And you're going to encounter different things, but you're going to look back on them on one day and you're going to say, that was so funny. That was so unique. That really caused me to understand more about God. He's my good shepherd. He watches over me. I want him to plan my life. I want him to plan my day. And if I come aside from the cares of this world and position myself to hear from him, he will plan every event within my life. I know a lady that's a travel agent. And boy, she loves the world, the word all-inclusive. All-inclusive. This trip is all-inclusive. All-inclusive. What does that mean? That means that there's a plan. Are you living God's plan for your life today? You may be a sheep and you just go, you're just going through the church ritual. You're just coming because you've always came. You're not involved in a, in a plan to hear from the Lord. You're not positioning yourself in a life group or in a place to be accountable with other folks. You're just going through life. You're missing out. You're missing out on what God has for you. In a moment, we're going to give an invitation and we're going to invite people who need to come and draw nearer to the Lord. Maybe you're that one sheep that got outside the 90 and 9 and, and Jesus is looking for you. He's calling your voice today and you, you need to listen to him. You need to respond to him. You need to come to him as a sheep and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I put other things inside in front of you and I'm sorry. It's sin. I have no more excuses. And then there's some of you who who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray the Holy Spirit has convicted you of your lost con condition as we, we preached and talked this morning about the Good Shepherd. You're not happy. You don't have joy. You don't have a plan of God. You're just going through the motions of life. I tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out on the greatest blessing that ever was, and that is becoming a child of God. We invite you to come as we give the invitation and be saved. Somebody will be here to pray with you. Somebody will be here to help you. Somebody will be here to stand along beside of you. One thing Ben and Pastor Robbie said to me before they left, they said, we want you to preach. And we want to see people saved. We're going to Peru to see people saved. And we want to see people saved here. I can see it on Pastor Robert's face and I can hear it in his voice when he preaches. We need to have people saved in our congregation as we are meeting together. He desires it. He longs for it. I desire it. I long for it. More importantly, 
Jesus desires it, and he longs for it. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute?